want to talk to you on when grace begins to speak. When grace begins to speak. He said, the fact is, when grace begins to speak, every other force becomes silent. Every other force in creation will become silent. When grace begins to speak, every other force, every other power will become silent. And one good thing about this is, you can't be anything better in life than one grace has ordained for your life. Life is not about struggles. Life is not about arguments. Life is walking in the grace that God has called you into. Let me start by reading 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to be looking at it from verse number 10. Hallelujah. The Bible says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Hallelujah. We have already defined grace here. The Greek word is charis. And actually me, a man of art, abstract or concrete, literally or figuratively. But the part that I really enjoy in the definition of the word of grace is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in life. That's what I love. The divine influence upon the heart. Divine Talking about God's influence upon the heart and its reflections in life. By implication, when you begin to walk in grace, there is a manifestation that comes out of your life that people see. Hallelujah. There is something that manifests on your inside and is reflected on the outside that people begin to see the change in your life. God does it from behind the scene. And it's all under the influence and the power of grace. You can achieve much, but you can achieve greater things when you walk under grace. When you labor physically to get things done, you can achieve much. But you can do better and greater when you walk under grace. So we don't play with the word grace, and we need to understand what Christ has come to do. Hallelujah. Now I would like to read this from the message translation. It says, But because God was so gracious, so very gracious, here I am. Oh, what is he saying? I have become somebody by the grace of God. Here I am. My past no longer counts. Here I am. What I used to be known for, I'm no longer known for that. Here I am. Now, this man is presenting us something. Watch this. Grace is the divine influence that reflects in 
life. His past is no longer identified with the new Paul who is talking. Because grace has worked on him. Are you getting this? Here I am. Okay. The next thing. And I'm not about to let this grace go waste. Haven't I worked hard trying to do more than any other? Even then, my work didn't amount to all that much. It was God giving me the work to do. Giving me what? The energy to do it. That energy is what you call grace. Hallelujah. Is God giving me the energy to do those things? So life is about God's energy. Success is about God's energy. In simple definition, energy means power. Are you still there with me? Hallelujah. It is God giving me the work to do and God giving me the energy to do it. Hallelujah. So no matter what happens, if God calls you, if God gives you something to do, be rested. God's energy is going to follow whatever thing He asks you to do. And that is why you are bound to succeed. You can never be a failure. Because there is nothing that can overcome the energy of God on your behalf. Nothing. Hallelujah. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians chapter number 3. I'm going to read it from verse 7. Paul C. speaking. About grace. This is my life work. Helping people. I'm reading from the message as well. This is my life work. Helping people understand and respond to this message. <laughs> it came as a shared gift to me. A real surprise. You didn't work for it. <laughs> you didn't ask for it. Not because you prayed so well. No, 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 no. It came as a shared gift. And it's even a surprise to me. That's how your life is going to be a surprise. Not only to yourself, but to other people. Where you will ever enter into later in life will always be a surprise. Just like Brother Something is talking about. It's a surprise where he is today. Are you still there with me? A shared gift, the grace of God. Alright. Now what did he say again? Okay. He came out and said, very surprised. God handling all the details. That's the good thing. God handling all the details. Not you. Not you cutting corners. God handling the details. God dealing with whoever is supposed to be there. Are you sitting there with me? God handling all the details, not me. Praise the living God. When he came to presenting the message to the people who had no background in God's ways, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. Did you get that? So he had nothing to do with your background. He had nothing to do with where you come from. He had nothing to do who gave back to you. Nothing. You don't have any qualification to qualify for the grace of God. Praise God. God saw to it that I was equipped. But it can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. Can I amen to this one? 
Nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with who you are. Nothing to do with where you came from. But your life is going to be a surprise. And nothing to do with your natural abilities. Nothing to do with the way you used to think. No, 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 no. That is why you have to come to believe what Jesus has done, people of God. He did it all. Nothing to do with your natural abilities. No cutting of corners. No taking phone calls. Uh, not looking for uncles in office. Nothing to do with your natural abilities. But your life is becoming a surprise. Grace. When grace begins to speak, every natural issue becomes silent. Nothing to do with your natural abilities. Hallelujah. And so here I am. Preaching and writing about things that are away over my head. So it's not human calculation. Grace made it possible that I can see things that other people can't see. Grace. Are you see that? The meaning... That when grace calls on you, when grace is deposited in your life, you begin to do things that other people can't do in your own sphere of life. Are you still there? Glory to God. You're talking about the inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ's message. Now, I want you to come very quickly to John chapter 1. Man, I just love this message. When grace begins to speak, every natural situation will become silent. That nothing to do with your natural ability, nothing to do with who is connected to you, nothing to do with where you were born, it has nothing to do with your family traits, nothing. It's just grace. Hallelujah. I love grace, man. Because grace also is a person. As the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He is the power. He is the energy. With which we walk. So wherever you find yourself. Grace is speaking. And when grace is speaking. Every other voice will become silent. When grace begins to speak. Life is beginning to flow. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. And verse 15. Hallelujah. King James. The Bible says, John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his faithfulness, of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. Where did he come from? From Christ. What did you receive? Grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by who? Okay, now let me read it from the Living Bible. There is something very interesting in the Living Bible edition. Can you go there with me to the Living Bible, John chapter 1. I'm looking at verse 15. Now he says, John pointed it out to the people. Telling the crowds. This is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming. 
Who is greater by far than I am? For he existed long before I did. We have all benefited from the rich blessings brought to us. Blessings upon blessing heaped upon us. That was the grace that is defining now. But I like verse 17. For Moses gave us all the law with his rigid demands and messless justice. Did you get that? Is it on the board? I, I want you to see that. Moses gave us only the law with his what? Rigid demands and messless justice. Why Jesus Christ brought us loving forgiveness as well. Are you sitting there with me? Rigid demand and merciless justice. What are all those demands for? What are all those merciless justice for? You know what? For you to succeed in life, you must do this. Are you there? Even when you don't have ability to. How many of you have ever applied for a contract and somebody is telling you to bring one million? Because they, you understand that? Because the contract is two million. He said you pay one million. Now you don't have the one million. But he said if you can't part with your one million, you can get a contract. Rigid demand. And when you say, but he said, but that is the way it is. We have made so many laws, even in church. And so we've come to the place where we begin to think that you can't get anything from God except you do something. Steal the Lord of Moses. Rigid demand and merciless justice. A brother was just speaking this morning. Hmm? You have ten complaints. And the prayer point we extend to other 20 hours with specific demand. And, and for those of you who have made some moves, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Are, are you getting what I'm talking about? Rigid demand and mess like justice. I'm going to give you a simple illustration from the Bible this morning. Simple illustration. I like illustrating from Bible figures and Bible characters. But I want you to consider this. That your life is not about the demand society has placed on you. Are you see that? Your life is not about what you must do to gain justice for you to succeed in life. No. The Bible says he came with a blessing that is heaped upon us. I want to walk in the blessings of God. And that is his grace. No struggles. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. Now I'm going to make you see that. The whole problem has to do with our mind. We create this demand. We create this messed justices, if I may use the word, right in our mindset. Because of the way we grew up. Hallelujah. Amen. I have always made this simple illustration. I don't see... I, I love my daughter, uh, uh, Lemuel. You know why I love her? She sends you a test and catalog her demands. And he will tell you, Mommy, tell Daddy I want this money this week. Last time she can't lock this into me. I said, Man, this is serious. I almost wanted to call back, but somebody said, You are the father. I said, Okay. And the honest truth was, the demand was so that the cash was not available. But I came to the office and I went back home paying up everything. And my wife was saying, what happened? I said, I don't know. I just went to the office. And here is the cash. I called this guy, man, run to the bank, paying. 
And the next I said, thank you, dad. Thank you, mom. If I, she's the one that called me, say, have you done something? I said, yes. Yeah. Because let me send a message that the money has been paid. I said, yeah, it has been paid. God paid the money. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. She doesn't need to beg me to tell me what she wants. Why? She has only one thing that qualifies her for that. Relationship. She's my child. Do you understand what I'm talking about? When you make God your father, you can ask God for what you want. The only thing you need to get what you want from your father is making him your father. Relationship. I don't need to ask her to come do this, come do that before she gets what she wants. No. It's her right. Hallelujah. Is anybody following this? Merciless demand, rigid justice that man plays on you in church. And some of you go along with that. In fact, people love that more. Do you know that? Men love it more. They love the kind of place where they place you on fast for 40 days, or let's say 14 days, 20 days, and then you break the fast every evening with coconut water, and then, hey, are you still there with me? I know some of you have been there before, so. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to walk the street seven days, for the wall of Jericho to come down. You know what I'm saying? You, go, you just walk the streets. No, no, no. Don't talk to anybody. Walk around the streets. Sing one song. And then walk around the street, And the wall of Jericho comes down. You've been there before. Messless in mind. Rigid laws and justices. For you to get what you want from God. It's gone so far that you can pray simple prayers. What's the problem? Talk to your father, man. Hey, come on, listen to me. God is good to me. Are you there with me? I don't need all those rigid laws and demand for me to talk to my father. I don't need it. And I know you don't need it. Hallelujah. Now, I want to illustrate something to you. Can we turn to the book of John chapter number 5? John chapter 5, I would like us to look at from verse 1. Oh, it's a story, it's a little bit of a long story. But we need to read it so that you can get some things there. John 5, I'm reading from verse number 1. Are we there? The Bible says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lays a great multitude of impotent folks of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Was about there first after the troubling of the water, stepping was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years, mark that. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Would I be made whole? Hallelujah. The important man answered himself, I have no man. <laughs> no brother, no sister. 
Huh? Nobody to write recommendation for me. I have no man. But grace is available. Now grace is talking to the man that have no man. Did you get that? When the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another step down before me. I don't know what was the problem of this man because he can, he can still move. Hmm? I, I didn't know which one because talk about blind, withered him, crippled. I would say he, at least he could attempt to go. That means he could still move. By implication, no matter how terrible your situation is, there's still some energy left in your life. Because he could still move towards the pool. It's just that he's not fast. But now, grace is coming and speed is coming into his life. The real energy is coming. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. It's not a question of helping you to the pool. You are not going to the pool anymore. Hallelujah. No more pool. No more systems of men. No more ordained rights and principles to get your healing. No, 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 no. No more. Rise up right here and walk. No more systematic religious principles and eight step of faith to get your healing. This man has no faith. Rise up and walk. When grace is talking, every other situation becomes silent. Amen. And the Bible says immediately, not yesterday, not tomorrow, right here. Immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. This is the story now. <laughs> The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured. This is where religion would not want you to move. They will target your success. They will target your upliftment. They will target what grace wants to do in your life. He said, come here. What are you doing here? You are moving? <laughs> On the Sabbath? Now the question I'm going to ask you is, you see how wicked religion can be? They have always seen this man. They did nothing. For 38 years, this man was there. The priests were there. The Pharisees were there. The religious people were there. Sabbath of the preach on his head. Now he got his healing and they say, Hey, hey, what are you doing? No, go back. <laughs> religion doesn't want you to make success. You will hate religion today. Hallelujah. Look at what they say. Hey, it is a Sabbath day. It is not lawful. Kai, can you get that? What they're saying, it's not lawful for you to be healed. <laughs> that means it takes a law. If I, the whole law is, you don't succeed at all. Are you getting this? It is not lawful. Oh. You've broken the rules. Now grace will let break the rules. Yes. Hallelujah. Grace will always break religious rules. I'm telling you the truth. 
every standard that I'll be put in place for you to get your success, grace is going to break it down. Amen. You see what Paul said? He said, here I am. You know what? I was that person yesterday, but here I am. Now this man that was so down there for 38 years, he's standing up, grace has spoken, and he's saying again, here I am. Really just say, you can say that. But I'm telling you this, nobody's going to shut your mouth. Your success will be made manifest to all. Because grace is a divine influence that reflects in life. So your crippleness is healed today. Your blindness is healed today. Your lameness is healed today. You don't need any pool anywhere. The pool system is over. Because grace is talking. Now, like the answer the man gave. This is where it concerns you. You keep your mouth shut, religion kills you. Look at verse 11. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto him, Take up that bed and walk. So, what's the problem? Huh? What's the problem? You've been there all this while. You didn't do anything to me. You didn't even sympathize with me. Because if you are sympathized with me, you will help me go to the pool. You have been looking at me. No help. Because he said, no one. But you have been seeing him there. Yes. The quote the law for him. So why are you walking? He said, the man that made me whole said that you walk. I'm obeying that voice. When grace speaks, obey the voice. Hallelujah. Then ask they him. They won't stop. They want to know how you got your miracle. They want to know how you are succeeding. Are you sure? Church, are you sure? Eh? Are you sure of your pastor that is empty hand? They ask you questions. How did you easily come out of this problem? Are you sure? The same question. They ask him. What man is that who said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed with not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in the place. He didn't even reveal himself to the man. 14. After Jesus found him in the temple, said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. See no more, lest a word sin come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Are you getting that? You asked me the other who made me whole. Now I find the person. It's Jesus. So what are you going to do about that? Praise the living God. Is anybody following this? Now I'm going to draw some simple things for you here. Amen. The old system of our lives is what is binding us from making progress in God. Point number one. Write it down. Our concept of life our thinking system, our initial beliefs, that which you call tradition, that which you call the belief of my parents, that which you call the way we used to do it. These are the things that are making it difficult for you to enter into your life that God has ordained for you. Are you there with me? The law was there. Therefore, this man cannot move because the law was there. And the law was not prepared to help the man. Neither are the people operating the law ready to help the man. He was just there. 
until grace comes. So what kept him down? A formula to get healed. And what was the formula? You must walk into the pool. Can you get that? When your life is on a rigid, systematic formula of doing things, you are missing what is called grace. It can't work for you. Praise the living God. Number two. Recognize when grace begins to speak to you. Know it. Believe it. Walk into it. Recognize when grace begins to speak to you. This man was able to recognize that this is another voice different from the voices that he had been hearing for 38 years. Because he'd been there for 38 good years. And the man have really endured. What a patient. Huh? He just believed. The man had faith more than those who have had the message of faith before. <laughs> because for 38 years he was there, but he just had this hope that one day I'm coming out of this. Hope make it not ashamed. Are you there? So what's point number two? Recognize when grace begins to do what? Speak to you. Number three. There is somebody you must listen to and that is the one in charge of your life. Not religion. Who is supposed to be in charge of this man's life? Christ himself. Not religion. Hallelujah. Number four. Only grace can define your life, not the system or what you are born into. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Only grace can define your life. Not where you are born into. Not a religious system. Not in any organization. Only God can define your life. Praise the living God. When the living Bible says the blessings that came continue to be heaped upon us, that is where your life is defined. You must tap into the blessings that Christ brought for us. Hallelujah. Number five. Number five here I'm saying, the system of man does not want your progress. But when God begins to speak to you, you will receive strength to do the impossible. Hallelujah. The system of man, the system of religion does not progress. But when grace begins to speak to you, you will do the impossible. Don't forget, this man was there for 38 years. He could do nothing. But when grace spoke, he received strength and he could walk. Praise the living God. And this one is so impressive to me when God was speaking to me. About this. Yesterday, actually, I was on the dining table taking my meal, and this thing was just pouring in, and I was just, you know, Sunday, keep moving. Look, what's the problem? I said, something's running through my brain. Look at the next thing. Grace doesn't look for your sins first. But once you're about it, after you receive and regain your true life. Now, watch this. Jesus didn't go to the man and say, hey, 38 years, there is something wrong in your family. Yeah, I think this is a parental cause. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I can see this cause. It's like 1911. 
your great grandfather plucked somebody's mango tree that was not his own. This is the result. I get what I'm talking about. No, I understand now. You see, you see this is the kind of a, grace. Have no time for that. It doesn't look for your sins, man. Are you getting what I'm talking about? It, it doesn't come that. It, did he mention something to him about sin? Yes. But was that the first thing? No. But what would the Lord do? The Lord said, define your sin. He will not tell you how to get out of the problem. Because the Lord of Moses will say, that shall not keep, that shall not steal, that shall not lie, that shall not. But all those things were there when the man was there for 38 years. All the that shall not was being preached, even on the Sabbath, when the man was still there. Nothing. The thou shall not doesn't do it. Grace did it. Am I talking to someone? So don't let your past life be a problem to the grace flowing in your life now. Let nobody remind you of where you came from. Somebody once asked me, why do you preach it? I said, I preach it the way Jesus preached it. Remember that? In John chapter 9, they came to Jesus. Hey, hey, look. See this man born blind. Who is sin? His father or this man? They were looking for generational causes. Jesus said, none. Neither this man, nor his parents. But that the work of God might be made manifest. Don't let any preacher remind you of your past. Don't let anybody talk to you about a bloodline. If I, your bloodline have changed. Yes, sir. I don't have the same genealogy with my great-grandfather. We have no connection one bit. I am born again with a new blood and new spirit. I don't belong there. I don't have the same blood with those people. Hey. There's a lot of mystery going on today. You see women giving birth who have HIV, AIDS, and their children are free. So why will your parents have problems and you are getting it? Not at all. Are you sitting there with me? HIV women giving birth and their children have no trace of HIV. Therefore, no parental cause can hang on you. I'm telling you the truth. This thing make meaning to me. That makes sense to me. If science can block a transfer of age from a mother to a baby, why can't the blood of Jesus? Hallelujah! Listen, friend, I'm telling you the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't mind those folk telling you about your Telling you about your blood that is contaminated. You don't have the contaminated blood. The blood is free. For he who is son of man is free, is free indeed. All rents. I got a new blood in my system. Not carrying the blood of my father. Praise the Lord. No virus from my father's blood can affect me. Am I talking to somebody here? This is your day. You are free in Christ. Religion wants to kill you. Make you think wrong thoughts. 
place merciless demand upon your life before you can make progress. Oh my God. <laughs> hey. Are we still together? I love this. God was telling me so many things about this picture here. So I must watch this. You see, see what? Jesus simply said, touch me by the walk. We're not recounting stories about where you came from, what happened to you, whether you fell from a tree, whether an accident hit you, whether it was a vehicle. Well, no, no, take off your bed and walk. What are you recounting? Well, how many years and uh, you know, how many people or whatever? What's that for? Take off your bed and walk. Ministers watch it. Take off your bed and walk. It's a message. See anybody getting crazy? Come on, get out of that situation. You don't spend time writing stories about the past of the people. No way. That is not part of my ministry. You are clean, you are clean. And somebody say, how do I come clean? The word that I speak unto you sanctifies you, makes you clean. But the word that I say is life and spirit. And counting where you came from. Why didn't Jesus ask him? <laughs> What's the name of his father? What's the name of his great-grandfather? What did the great-grandfather did? Why didn't Jesus ask him all those questions? Take up your bed and walk. That's grace talking. Doesn't count on your past. Doesn't locate your sin. No microscope to find out where you're coming from. In fact, the day you meet him, you're a new creature. Uh, hallelujah! And the next thing I would like you to say is this. The Lord will not allow you to live out your potential because it will continue to remind you of how bad you are and how you are not qualified to enter the rest of God. It's a continuous reminder. Anytime you want to take a step, are you sure you are qualified? Hmm? Anytime you want to make a move, remember what you did yesterday? Why are you reminding me? The Bible says so. Religion. So you can make progress. You are stepping in an office with an application. So he said, remember what happened between you and your wife? Ah. <laughs> so what is that? You caused your wife yesterday. <laughs> so you can't get this paper. I get what I'm talking about. Stupid man. Old brain. Renew your mind. Be a transform. Be a metamorphose. Be a transform. By the renewing of your mind. So, you see, the impotent man could do nothing and the lucky pass were there without coming in to help him. Religion can't help you. The best they can do is to preach all the sermons. Preach all the stories. Huh? Give you all the wonderful illustrations. But you are still there. They only want to continue to give you hope. Don't worry. One day. It's not a one day issue. Grace is now. It's not tomorrow. You have to be who you are supposed to be now because I am what I am by the grace of God. Somebody stamp a life spray. Thank you for listening to me. God bless you.